Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, June the 13th, 2020. Hopefully this finds you all getting out, doing some shit you love with people you enjoy. Because as you know, your life is too short not to. And everybody watching on YouTube, welcome. Thank you guys for watching me ramble on here. And again, if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. This is Jeremy Scott Fitness on YouTube. Uh, I think we have... like. 1200 videos on there and counting and so we're just loading stuff like it's nobody's business but today's episode we're going to talk about what it really takes to lose fat and get healthy and change your body for life and we are playing off of an original piece by the good folks over at precision nutrition i believe um Brian St. Pierre and uh, Camille Deputer are the ones who kind of co-authored this, and so we're going to chop it, slice it, saute it, and uh, serve it up to you guys in a little bit different way so you can marinate on it and uh, you know soak it in as best you can and hopefully take some of these things and use them in your own training, in your own eating, in your own lifestyle uh, to be as fit and as healthy as you choose to be in your life, but before we kick off on today's episode, uh, this podcast being brought to you by my homies over at JLab Pro. And again, you guys know I use them for all my protein, uh, fish oils, the krill oils, our probiotics. Uh, in fact, right now, uh, June the 13th, 2020, in the link in my Instagram bio, we have a free link for a bottle of probiotics. My homies at JLab said they'll send out like the first couple hundred people who... Uh, I guess jump on this offer are going to get a free bottle of probiotics. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to buy anything beforehand. Uh, they're going to send you, maybe you pay for the shipping, I'm not sure. Uh, but they'll send you a free bottle of probiotics, which is like a $40 deal, uh, for absolutely nothing. So again, if you guys go to my Instagram bio, the link, uh, when you go onto the page, it is a free bottle of probiotics. Nothing is required of you but to take them and uh, level up your gut health and uh, make yourself regular and build up your immune system so you can hopefully kick any bullshit that comes your way. So that's my homies over at JLab Pro. Again, if you guys can't find the link and you find you listen to this in the next like probably 48 hours, I think that offer is still good, hit me up. I'll shoot you the link directly, and the probiotics are 100% free on me and my homies over at JLab, so thank them for that. And again, you guys, uh, obviously, I take certain supplements every single day, uh, and I believe in gut health, you know, just as much as anything else in terms of you, if you understand, like, you know, your brain and your gut being tied together and how much of your immune system and integrating positive bacteria into your life. Uh, and again, anything that can make you feel better and uh, become more regular and helps you be less susceptible to getting sick, I think is a smart thing to throw into your life. And so obviously, you know, Athletic Greens has a a prebiotic and a probiotic blend in there, which is probably enough to get you by. I actually do the JLab probiotic on top of it because personally, I'm like, why not? You know, what is it going to hurt? I'd rather be, you know, overly supplied or sufficient in something than be insufficient or deficient, if you will. And again, I don't think you can go wrong with taking a probiotic or throwing in chia seeds or the kefirs or the yogurts or things that naturally just level up your gut health, especially if you're somebody who doesn't eat perfect and you're, you know, drinking booze maybe more than you should or eating, you know, more processed sugar or you have an addiction you're trying to kick. Just really drilling down on gut health uh, can improve so many things in your life on top of that i do think your brain functions a lot better when your gut isn't leaking and you know full of trash so 
Take that for what it is. The offer is there for you guys. But today's podcast, we're talking about what it really takes to lose fat, get healthy, and change your body. Now, as you guys have heard me say before, there's no perfect person. Uh, no matter how awesome you are and how cool you think you can be, you cannot be perfect. And I have referenced this before. As much as I want to pretend like I'm as cool as Matthew McConaughey uh, driving to work in a fancy black suit in a Lincoln, the reality is I drive here in joggers, a t-shirt, and a baseball cap in my 2008 Honda Accord, which is still running, by the way, and I've been crushing life right now because of it. The point I'm driving at is nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect with... Uh, anything honestly in my life i don't think i've ever had a perfect day i've never hit every green light or magically found ten thousand dollars laying on the ground i've never had a perfect workout i've never played a perfect sports game there's probably not a day in my life where my wife and i have been you know completely perfectly kind to each other maybe uh but i'm sure even within that like something went wrong and that's just kind of how things work so Nobody's perfect, and I think that has to be the way we start this podcast to understand in terms of your training and your eating and your recovering your sleep. It's never going to be perfect. Yet, when many of us, you know, contemplate like a health plan or a weight loss program or fat loss or any major lifestyle change, I guess, it doesn't got to be that. It could be, you know, especially right now with the way the world's shifting, some people have lost jobs. Their industries are either, you know, not coming back as quick as they thought or their company is downsizing or they're shifting. You know, we look at making things in terms of lifestyle changes like it has to be perfect or it has to be permanent. Nothing is perfect and I don't think anything is permanent, uh, especially in the world today or or it ever has been. Things are always changing, shifting and evolving. So when we talk about, hey, I'm going to try to eat better and I'm going to eat perfect for 30 days, it's not going to happen. Hey, I'm going to be perfect in my workouts. It's not possible. You'll miss a rep. You'll miss a set. You'll have a little bit, you know, more or less rest time. You might be uh, sore on a day you plan on doing this and things have to ebb and flow and shift. And so when you're contemplating that, we set the expectation that we need to be perfect. And it's just not realistic. And I think a lot of people set themselves up for failure, which I would urge you not to do that because you have stress. That's real, especially like in this season of life with all that you're living through, you know, a global pandemic, you're living through a recession and you're living through basically, you know, race riots and, and protesting and all the other things that are, are going on. It's it's a crazy time to be alive. I think hopefully as we, we start to move forward, things become calmer and, you know, less violent and we have real conversations that elicit real positive change for everybody on all fronts. But stress is real. And uh, feelings are real. And the previous habits that you've had in your life, you know, are there. And maybe it's a job situation or school or kids or a pet or there's just days when you feel like shit just because. I don't know why. You you watched one news link, you had one conversation with somebody or you got bombarded with 14 things and it just was overwhelming and you felt uh, not ideal. And... Uh, that's normal. And that all plays into you having this perfect diet or this perfect training program or living this perfect life. And if, you know, perfection is required, then most of us might as well not even bother trying to accomplish anything. And, uh, you know, if changing your body is a a perfect effort scenario, none of us would, would make changes. And 
I'm here to say, what if almost any effort, no matter how imperfect it could be, would elicit real measurable progress? Turns out, like, that's not just an idea, that is the truth. Because changing your body does not require 100% consistency. I think you'll do better if you're consistent, you know, 80% of the time as opposed to 20% of the time. But changing your body and looking better, moving better, and feeling better does not require 100% consistency. You know, how consistent do you have to be in order to make good progress? Well, it depends on how far down the line you're trying to move and how much progress you're trying to make and what you're trying to look like. And so the first thing is just putting in some effort, no matter how small, does change things. The person who works out even one day a week is way better off than the person who works out no days per week. The person who eats a, a, a great day, ha, you know, eats proteins, eats vegetables, and drinks water, and doesn't drink alcohol and stuff their body full of processed sugary bullshit, is going to do better than the person that does the opposite every day. So what happens when people do their habits and work out less than half the time? You might assume like the efforts would be a total waste, but you're wrong. People still lose weight doing that. Like clients who are less than, let's say, 50% consistent, but they stay in a program for a full year, wind up losing between probably 5 to 6% of their total body weight. Now, these are numbers I'm pulling from Precision Nutrition here. Then they've had, I think it was like over 1,000 people they had uh, in this actual study. And so now, 5 to 6% loss of body weight might not sound like much, but when you can see the average weight loss for both men and women, it's say that's like 11 pounds, and that's sustained fat loss and weight loss. This is not something that you get rid of and comes back quickly. That's something that stays with you, and that's something that you can build on. And the people that, you know, did the kind of sort of practicing, you know, some small daily habits, not following a rigid meal plan or extreme diets that they eliminated from the group, these people also got healthier. And that's what I'm driving at is you don't have to be perfect all the time. Even the people who are consistent maybe 50% of the time still saw an increase in results. And think about this. When the research is suggesting that a person who loses 5 to 6% of a decreased body weight, so if that's, let's say, let's say you're a 200-pound person and, and you lose you know, 10 pounds, you can have better cardiovascular health because of that. You can have decreased cancer and diabetes risk because of that. You can have better sleep, less apnea, if you will, better mood, less inflammation, better immunity. Maybe the best of all, you have a better sex drive. Maybe that's because you're 10 pounds lighter or 11, 12 pounds lighter, or you just have more energy or you just feel sexier and your partner feels you're sexier. But either way, like that's what less than half consistency looks like. And so if we paint a picture for you what it is, let's think about how this plays out in real life, right? So maybe you eat a lot less fast food or packaged snacks, or you have a new habit of eating more whole foods. And so if you eat, let's say, four times per day, say three meals and a snack, that means you're eating 28 times per week if I'm doing the math at home right. If just 12 of those meals or snacks were made of fresh, minimally processed foods, you'd be about 40% consistent with this, you know, whole food, real hustle diet, right? So 
This will be the equivalent of swapping out fast food for lunch for a green salad topped with lean proteins every day, along with having like a piece of fruit for a snack most days, and changing nothing else. That doesn't seem that crazy, right? Like that's not, to me, that's, that's not, not that big of a lifestyle shift. And by the way, although we're using like 40% of the example, there are certainly people who are doing 30%, 20%, even 10% consistency that have achieved decent results on average. And almost any consistent effort applied over time seems to be enough to move the needle forward. Of course, the people that are consistent 50% of the time are going to move faster and further than the people that you know are only consistent 10% of the time. But even the 10% people are so much better than the people who don't do shit. And that's the takeaway. It's we always want the home run. We always want the lottery ticket. We want the magic answer. We want the one and done big bang thing. And that would be cool. But it's the consistent effort, the daily rituals, even if they're not 100%, which they don't have to be because none of us are perfect. We've already established that. It's doing something for lunch every day. Even if you punted breakfast and dinner, if your lunch has just improved, that is a compound effect that is going to play huge dividends in terms of how you look, move, and feel down the road. And here's another way to look at it. Let's say you want to eat more fruits and vegetables. And if 100% consistency means you eat five servings of fruits and vegetables each day, that would be 35 servings per week of fruits and veggies, which Admittedly, that's a lot. If it's just fruit, sounds amazing, but it's probably too much sugar for most of you guys in terms of macros, depending on what fruits you're eating. You know, if I ate 35 bananas a week, that'd be tough to kind of fit into my macros because I want to slather peanut butter all over it, and I would have a hard time with the peanut butter self-control. But let's say, instead of being 100% consistent, if that's veggies, it's going to be super macro-friendly, but man, eating five servings of vegetables each day, you... For most people, it's a, you have a hard time digesting that unless your body's really used to it. Some people can do it for sure, but I don't eat five times a day. And so if I only eat twice a day, that's doing three servings and one meal and two in another. At best for me, I probably do four servings of real veggies per day. That's on a great day. That's why I supplement with athletic greens is because I'm not, I'm not going to eat that much volume of vegetables. I have a hard time digesting it. No matter what I do, um, it makes... Me not fun to be around in a closed setting because I become a fart monster. And I just don't like taking a shit that many times. It's just not my thing. So if we're going to aim for, let's say, like 40% consistency, you need to consume just 14 servings of produce in a week. So on average, two servings per day. That is much more realistic for a dude like me. And something with Athletic Greens, I'm basically am covering all my bases and then some. Again, so you don't have to worry about doing 35 servings of greens per day or fruits and veggies per week, excuse me. If you just did two per day and 14, that's enough to help move the needle forward and get your body more micronutrients. So again, when we focus on perfection, we set ourselves up for failure. and We think that we're not doing enough. And you're like, well, shit, I didn't eat five servings of greens per day. But if you ate two, it's a hell of a lot better than eating zero. And that's what you have to remember. So what about workouts, right? If you do something active every day, that means you're being 100% consistent. Now, I'm a fan of that, for sure. And when I say active, I'm not talking about pushing a sled and doing deadlifts. I'm talking about just walking, moving your body through space, doing 10 minutes of mobility, 
doing some foam rolling, going for a 20-minute walk with your dog, or putting on a Jeremy Scott Fitness podcast, and just, you know, getting lost in it, doing your aerobic activity. But I understand, like, I'm a fitness person, so I'm always going to say that. And I like movement. I enjoy moving my body through space. I feel like anytime I do move and then I eat, I do process the food better, and I feel better. Maybe that's mental. But I do believe it's physical because I can tell the difference when I don't. But let's say you're doing something active just 40% of the time. That would require 2.8, maybe on the high end, three activities per week. On the low end, two and a half activities per week. So in real life, that might translate into two intense workouts plus two long walks per week. Again, I think that's doable for a lot of people, and yet we think, oh, I, I couldn't get to the gym all seven days, but no, I don't think that's realistic for most busy adults. And remember, these are just examples. Your goals are going to be relative to your starting point and what you want to get out of it. If you want to win, you know, Kona, the Ironman, it's going to be different. If you want to be, you know, a dude on, on the men's health roster, you're probably going to have to look at a certain way, and you're probably going to have to perform a certain way if you're trying to do full follow-along like programs and protocols. And if you're trying to be a fitness professional who wants to start a business, create around themselves and how they look and how they train and how they eat, you're probably going to have to have a bigger output. But for most people, that's not your life. That's very few of us. And even like for, you know, as BJ Kandor and I were talking the other day, like the amount of effort we put into you know what we do in our life here it's insanity and uh it's who i am i, I like i feel i'm the most well balanced i've ever been and i like how i look and move and feel but uh it's not for everyone for sure my lifestyle isn't i know that i'm the first person to tell you guys like you, you don't want to do what i do every day because for most of you the juice isn't worth the squeeze like if i didn't do this for a living like i wouldn't i don't think i would do it this way i would do I would do some other things. Now, as I get older and, and my brain shifts, I might have you know different interests, but I'll always be a fitness person. I've been bred to be an athlete since I was like in third grade, and now it's like you put so much time into it, like you like the mold you've created. You don't want to, you don't just don't want to give it away, right? But for the, a normal person who I think is, has much better work-life balance and has a you know a greater sense of uh, you know fulfillment and enjoyment in other things. Working out two intense workouts per week plus a couple walks is probably ideal. I do think the perfect formula is probably doing three, you know, harder workouts per week, 30 minutes per, so three by 52. And then obviously doing some walks outside of that is more than enough for the average person to get you by and make you feel good and uh, get you close to your goals. And I believe that. I think that you can do that for sustainability and I think for longevity, that's probably the best route to go. That's why the most popular thing we do here is people come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or they come in Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And there are some people who are here five or six days a week, but again, they they love it. They look at it. Again, there's days where they go hard and there's days where they kind of just coast for the workouts. And that's fine, but they're moving every day. That would be ideal. But for somebody else who's like doesn't love fitness or movement or the competition of it as much, then the 3 by 52 is cool with some walks or some bike rides or some other things. Again, your goals are going to be relative to your starting point and what you want to get out of it. And so, for instance, if you have an exercise for a year, 100% consistency might mean you just being active, let's say, just three days per week, like I mentioned before. And as a result, like 40% of the consistency would be doing like maybe one legit workout per week and then two walks per week. And if that all sounds you know easy enough, it, it's because it is. Like, you're right, it is easy enough. Uh, really, when we're talking about this, we're literally just talking about, you know, learning 
to accept that better is better. If you're doing better today than when you were yesterday, that's progress. And even a little effort can translate into real weight loss, fat loss, and health benefits and allow you to live a healthier, happier life. But what if we move the needle even further forward than, let's say, 40% effort, right? Let's say we have somebody who's shown up 50 to 80% of the time. That actually makes a big difference. And I think a lot of the clients and athletes we have here that I work with, not the diehards, they're in a... they're just as fucking crazy as I am. I'm talking about the people who live in that 50 to 80% range. That's a beautiful balance of, you know, uh, half-assing it and actually getting results. And I, again, I would love for everybody here to have 100% adherence to what we do, but it's not realistic, man. And, and I'm, I pick my battles here. And, and it's just like at home, like my wife and I can argue about certain stuff and there's certain things that she will always win because I'm not willing to I'm not willing to draw a line in the sand and die because she wants to hang up, you know, some wood thing on the wall. I don't even know what this, this shit is called. Or she'll have like, here's a, a jar or a, a vase with some sticks in it and she thinks it looks cute. I don't care. I'm not willing to die for that. But there's certain things that I'm willing to pick battles for. It's the same thing here with people. I don't expect people here never drink alcohol. What a shitty life for them. If they enjoy having wine, then drink it. I don't expect people here to do mobility every single day. That's not who they are. But I do expect them not to drink a ton of booze every day. I do expect them to do mobility when they come in here during the workouts. So you understand that 100% adherence is not required. And so the magic zone for people, you know, between not too difficult and making real progress probably falls somewhere in between that 50 to 80 percent consistency range and when you look at the data it shows there's no major statistical difference between groups that hit a level of consistency whether it's kind of like that 50 to 80 and so you guys can wrap your, your head around that but not only do you not need to be perfect to get results for most people you don't even have to be pretty good like and again it really depends on how good you're trying to look and if what kind of performance you're trying to achieve. That's the takeaway here. If you come to me and say, Jeremy, I want to look just like you, bro, it's a, diff- it's a different thing. I don't know if, if you're trying to get that. It's like I don't walk in to my doctor's office and say, hey, I'm trying to know just as much as you do. It takes like 10 years of effort. Like Ashley Ledger's on the podcast. Ashley is an anesthesiologist. She went to school for 10 years and still learning every single day. I'm never going to be on that level because I Hey, I'm not smart enough for one, but, but like I'm not willing to put in the work. It's the same thing with this. You don't have to be perfect. Most people don't even have to be pretty good. You just have to show up half the time and try. And you, you can't eat like shit all the time. You can only eat like shit half the time, if that makes sense. So for example, like doing like these practices half the time, like if you eat good half the days and you train hard half the days, you're still going to see some results if you, as opposed to the other option is doing nothing. Now, of course, if you're perfect, it'd be more results, but we've established nobody's perfect. So if you're showing up half the time and crushing it and eating amazing half the time, the statistics that PN is sharing is, is men lost an average of six pounds or more if they showed up half the time and worked hard half the time compared to the guys who did less or nothing. Women just one more pound, like, is what they lost, and they lost also a total of about four inches compared to the women who did nothing. So, again, the habits, at least half the time, if you approach it that way, they 
burn belly fat for men and women. They shrink their waistlines. Uh, they're moving them out of the high-risk categories, 35 inches of circumference for women, 40 inches of circumference for men, from heart disease, diabetes, and metabolic health problems. I repeat that again. Showing up and trying just half the time and not drinking booze half the time and eating good just half the time can help you trim belly fat, can help you slim your waistline and take you out of the high-risk categories for diabetes, heart disease, and other metabolic problems. That's with 50% effort. That's why it baffles me why people don't even try. Like, they just give up. Like, if you can just show up half the time, it's so much better than... It's like, okay... You want to retire by age 59 and a half, and your financial advisor tells you you have to save $2,000 a month, and you're looking at your budget with kids and your house payment and stuff, and you're like, wow, that's just not feasible. But if you could save $1,000, it's way better than saving nothing. And that's what I'm driving at here. It's like, I, I, I do the retirement thing just for the fact of like, that's something we're all probably striving for, at least the people that grew up broke as shit like me. Like you you look forward to a day where, you know, you would never have to work if you had, you know, seven million dollars in an account. You might choose to because you love it and you're passionate, but you don't have to. And the point I'm driving at is when you look at that, yeah, you might not be able to save a thousand dollars a month, but if you can save twenty two bucks a week, compound over time, that makes a huge difference. If you can only do half of what the perfect goal would be. It's moving you forward because being at least 50% consistent with your health and lifestyle might be easier than you think and it moves the needle so fast and so far. You don't need to be a superstar, but with some small manageable changes, especially if you get help and support from a coach and accountability in a group like the stuff we do here online with people all over the world and the stuff we do with people here in person, you can be amazing, you can be consistent, and you can reach some pretty amazing results if you just try at least half the time. Now, most of the people, like I said, I see here, end up you know, at least 50 to 80% consistent with what they do. Uh, even though they feel like they're not doing enough or they're not being perfect, I'm going to share this here clearly. My wife is probably a prime example of that. She is, you know, overly critical of herself and she eats better than almost anybody I know. She's consistent with her workouts and she looks like a rock star. Now she wants sometimes 100% of the results by doing 92% of the work. Now that's not realistic, but she's so fit and so healthy. And I think a lot of people fall into the boat that she's in. That's why I use her as an example. And she can punch me in the face when I get home. But I say that for the fact of like, you know, she is in that probably 90 some percent consistency effort range where most of the people who walk into the building here are probably between 50 and 80. And that's amazing. So again, think about what that means for context. Like maybe dinner at your house is, is crazy. You're a family, you're scrambling around to get your kids homework done or they got extracurricular activities or you got a teenager or a toddler who complains about food or you have a teenager who's just an asshole and they don't want to eat stuff and so you know you just got some greasy takeout uh, you know to feed them and your life is a whirlwind. And right now eating whole foods mindfully, slowly with the right portion sizes maybe just isn't happening, you know, for dinner. And I understand that. Like I, I've I've been a kid in a household, you know, with a single mom and a single dad, you know, uh, and sometimes they, you know, would take me through McDonald's or or Burger King or or whatever it would be, or my dad would, uh, literally, 
God, this is the shit. Yeah. I survived. I made it. My dad sometimes, um, I was a picky eater as a kid. So sometimes, like, you would have dinner, would be like SpaghettiOs. And I like SpaghettiOs with a little cut up, uh, it's like, was it a little cut up hot dogs? Or SpaghettiOs, like, I don't know if I like those ones. I like the SpaghettiOs with, like, the little meatballs in it. I think I did like those. Or, like, all the Chef Boyardee stuff. By the way, my grandma has been dating a guy for, like, 30 years, and he look we he looks like Chef Boyardee. Uh, we actually call him that. Not to his face. Great guy. Love him to death. Super talkative, super friendly, very Midwest. Uh, but he looks like Chef Boyardee. And my grandma's been dating him for like 30 years. Anyways, off topic. My dad would sometimes do that for dinner for me. Or he, he would take, this is like, this is old school. This is like, I'm talking like 1991 or something. 92. In 1990. Uh, my dad would take a can of corn, Jolly Green Giant, open it, put it uh, in a, a glass bowl, uh, heat it up put some butter on it with some salt and, and that would be my dinner and I'd like eat that with a Pepsi and uh, the fact that I survived it's uh, it's amazing but my point is parents I'm not a parent but I understand you got shit going on you're busy and sometimes you can't always give your kids or your family these perfect meals but what if you could figure out how to organize breakfast and lunch to be a little better without a lot of disruption and if you nail a healthy breakfast and lunch plus an occasional healthy snack you could hit the mark of eating real nutrient-dense foods, 17 out of 28 meals per week, and boom, you're at 60% eating like a rock star. Now that's amazing. Even if you punted and ate shit for every dinner, you're already winning 60% of the time. And another example could be, let's say you love wine, but you want to drink less wine, i.e. a lot of the people I have come up in here. And uh, let's say that 100% consistent is never drinking. And stop freaking out here. Uh, I'm not telling you to do that. I want you guys to be able to live your life. But if you normally have, let's say, three glasses of wine per night, and, and I'm talking like, you know, a restaurant pours here as three glasses. So, and that's why we always talk with people. Hold on one sec. I'm super addicted to this cold brew, uh, high brew coffee here. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'll share a link with you guys later on. But anyways, you know, when I say the the wine stuff, the three glasses per night like a restaurant would pour because sometimes people say, oh, I had one glass of wine, but it was like three restaurant glasses. You got to be realistic with your pour size, you guys here. And you know what I'm talking about if you're listening. So if you have three glasses of wine per night, like legit ones, and you cut that down to one, you still get your daily you know, Chardonnay in, if you will, and you've knocked out two thirds of your regular habit. Is that perfect? No, but it's definitely better doing one glass of wine per night than three. And better is the goal as well moving forward. In all cases, you know, you've got lots of wiggle room and the data shows you're still going to come out ahead. So you can drink a beer every single day. You just can't drink five beers every single day. And that incremental progress and those percentages are what helps you guys be successful. And again, even if the super dramatic changes don't require 100% consistency, you can still win. And that's why I'm sharing with you because you can still make amazing changes in your body and how you look and move and feel and not be 100% perfect. And as you may know, like we've helped people here make some pretty unreal transformations. I'm not tooting my own horn here. I don't do it for them. I don't eat their food. I don't do the workouts. We just supply them with the tools and the accountability and the coaching uh, and the consistent, you know, I guess, cheerleading, if you will, for them to be rock stars. And I kind of do it like a tough love style. I know who I can talk to here and who's going to break down and crying and who's not. But we've helped people like, you know, we've helped them change their life. They changed it. We just helped facilitate it. Uh, and of course, if you're after big ass changes, 
you're going to have to be more consistent and make more trade-offs or adjustments to your lifestyle. But even so, you don't got to be perfect. Because what I've seen here, and if you look at the PN article that I'm you know, playing off of here, the data shows that being 80 to 90% consistent with your nutrition, your lifestyle habits can result in a significant, more importantly, sustained fat loss and body weight loss and waist size uh, decrease. And how does this level of consistency take shape in real life? Like what does it look like is what a lot of you guys are, you know, as you're listening right now. Let's go back to the practice of eating nutritious meals, made of mostly whole, real foods, fresh, minimally processed, with a lot of good stuff in them, i.e. hashtag real food hustle, which you guys, if you watch my Instagram story, you see me post you know, a lot of the same stuff over time because A, I'm, I'm lazy and I'm a, a creature of habit and I know what macros are in certain things. I know what nutrients are in there. So I don't have to track it and log it. And I just wash, rinse, repeat. And I feel good that way. And I go, it goes in, in waves and seasons and I'll mix things up. But if you eat four meals a day, that's 28 meals per week. Achieving 80% consistency means about 22 to 23 of those meals are legit. And five to six of those meals are less than optimal. Now suppose you're trying to cut out desserts. So if you're used to eating dessert every evening, then 80% consistency means you're skipping desserts, let's say five or, or six times over the course of a week. Now that's a big change, but it doesn't mean you're totally depriving yourself of desserts. You would still have one to two desserts to enjoy each week, and the rest of the week you'd be highly consistent. Double win. I'll share this with you, and I don't share everything with you guys. Heather and I are actually talking today because the world's just been like the world's been weird, right? Like we're all just we're all hopefully during this time like where we've kind of slowed down and we've looked at things different and we've seen things different. We've looked at our lives differently, and I think what you'll find is maybe you, you do have your shit together or maybe you're not as far along on the personal development trail as you thought you were. And this was a time for introspection. And for me personally, this is off topic from the podcast. We've talked about not sharing as much stuff uh, in our life as we have before. Just for like the sake, I'll say this, like for you guys who social media is mostly your friends and family. Um, it's kind of a, a cool space to be in when it gets to be bigger you know, on Instagram, I think we have now 350 some thousand people. It's a lot of, it's a lot of people. Um, it's a lot of opinions. A lot of people say certain things to me uh, about everything in my life, my stances on things, my opinions, how I look. And uh, obviously we open ourselves up to that because it's, it's, we're out in public, but it's not always a positive, fun place to be. And so we don't share everything with you guys. Uh, I try to be as transparent as I can on the podcast. That's kind of the platform for it because people can message me and talk shit. But it's not as easy as like Instagram and Facebook and everything else. So the point I'm driving at is I don't share with you all my meals every week because it's pretty boring. But I also I don't share with you, excuse me. I also share with you when I have like cinnamon rolls or cookies, and it's not because I'm not trying to be transparent. I just don't share every single thing. But even for a dude like me, and like, and this is how BJ Gadur does it, and BJ can eat way more than me. I, I thought I could eat more than anybody. He he destroys me. He loves food even more than I do. But for him, he'll, he'll, he'll go a little bit more crazy than I do. But also I think some of his workouts are a little bit crazier than mine are, just my personal opinion. In terms of like, he'll do boxing for an hour. I'm not going to do that. I'm just... It's not my thing, but he'll go burn a thousand calories. So, you know, and kind of like do the damage control before eating the food, but I'll still have like 
two meals per week that are not ideal. And I kind of pack in like the burgers and fries and the cinnamon rolls all together. And if I'm eating, you know, for me, you know, literally 14 meals per week is probably ideal. Like that would be the max meals. Two of them are not great, but you know, the other, you know, 12 are basically perfect or you see what I'm driving at here. Even for a person like me, I don't have a hundred percent adherence. That's what I'm driving at. So I will eat stuff that's not ideal. Maybe tonight I'll put on Instagram and share it with you guys uh, if you want to see it. Um, but I'll have cookies once in a while. I'll have cake. I'll have French fries. Like I'll, I'll have some chips. I'll do some things that are not 100% real food hustle because I don't have to be 100% perfect. I'm not. BJ's not. Hannah's not. Even Alexia's not. Like none of us, like, and I, I say them because they're in my the small circle of people. Like we all live life. We all pick and choose our spots. And so if we're not being 100% adherent, we do this for a living and we still take our shirts off and our clothes off and film stuff, why would you guys hold yourself to this unrealistic standard that nobody else is? It's not required. You don't have to. Like that's what I'm sharing with you. I eat perfect most of the time because I want to feel good. It's not about the look. I don't want to feel like shit. And sometimes I can't control myself when there's 10 cinnamon rolls in front of me. I'm going to eat all 10. I know I'm going to pay the price for it. And I can't do that like on a work day. I can't eat 10 cinnamon rolls on Monday night and then come here Tuesday morning, you know, and be shitting my pants and feel bloated and lethargic and like I have a hangover. I can't produce and be my best. That's why I harp on it that way. But before I got on that tangent, you guys don't have to give up desserts either. You don't have to give up booze either. You just have to cut back a little bit and understand, is the juice worth the squeeze for you? And people's actual circumstances, you know, sometimes determine what they're able to do, but more likely it's not. You'd think that having, you know, particular demands on, on, you know, what you have to do is, is going to make things harder to stick to your habits, but it's not. You know, we ask clients here about the things like their work schedule, whether they have kids, whether they travel, and how much stress they feel. And what I found is this you can, it does make life harder. If you have a higher stress job and you travel more and you have kids, those are additional roadblocks you have to go through that I don't. I'm not saying what I do here isn't stressful, but my life is less stressful than the person who's a pediatric surgeon. That's just reality. Like, I teach fancy-ass adult PE here. Yes, I run a business, but I run a small business, and I feel comfortable in that. I don't want to be responsible for 45 employees. If it's five people, I can roll with that. I don't want 45. Everybody has certain levels of stress and things in their life they're willing to take on. But even people who have kids, who travel, um, and who maybe have a, a higher-stress job, no matter what dumpster fire you know, or flaming stress that they have in their lives, a lot of those people are able to figure out how to take small, meaningful actions day to day, and they're able to be consistent anyway. And this is often meant having them, you know, find creative solutions to their problems. And sometimes the people here with the most kids who are the busiest and travel the most are the ones who tend to do the best because they don't have a choice. They only have so much time. They have to be very diligent in their focus. And that's a type A personality. That's why I say personality types matter. And there's people here who have no responsibilities and who just struggle like crazy. So, yes, there are additional roadblocks for you guys out there with those things in your life. But it's not an excuse of why you can't be consistent 40%, 50%, 60%, 70%, 80% if you really want to be. And, like, what can you do? A simple thing is eating the same meal for breakfast and lunch. 
rather than prepping two separate ones. Is that sexy? No. Is that fun? No. But if you can eat a healthy breakfast, you can replicate it and eat a healthy lunch. So now you got two of the meals already done. Or getting a meal or a grocery store delivery if you can afford it, whether it's like salads to go or if you stop at Whole Foods or like a chop shop or a bowl of greens. I'm listing local places here. But you know what I'm talking about, the places where it's like a salad loaded with protein and veggies or like with the healthy bowls they make. There's a lot of those places now. Or enlisting your older kids uh, into helping you shop or do meal prep and things like that if you got a responsible enough 13-year-old. By the time I was 10, I was making my own shit. I was, my parents both worked. Like I grew up low class, lower middle class, I don't know however you want to describe it. Like we didn't have we didn't we didn't take vacations. We didn't have a fancy life. Uh and my both my parents worked all summer. And I'd be home. I go I'd go play in the local baseball team. I ride my bike to baseball practice. I ride my bike to the basketball court. Like I was on my own. My dad went to work at about five AM. My mom went to work at like seven. And no matter which one I was staying with, my parents were divorced, I made my own shit. I figured out how to make myself grilled cheese. I figured out how to turn the oven on and make a pizza. Like, I figured out how to, like, op- use a can opener and heat up a can of soup, like, and sometimes I would even eat stovetop just by itself. I still love to- stovetop to this day. I don't know what it is. Uh, I love stuffing, man. I love I love Thanksgiving food. I really do. But uh, I made myself that at 10 years old. So if you can enlist your older kids to shop and help you meal prep and make things, it does make your life easier and it makes the family's life easier. Again, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. Um... But you also have to know when you're doing this, like how to scale back a little bit, you know, rather than completely shut down whenever things don't go as scheduled. That's why I say don't focus on being perfect. Just focus on making progress. For an example, imagine you slept through your alarm, you know, and you dropped a carton of eggs on the floor for breakfast and suddenly you have no time, you know, to get to the gym. Instead of skipping a workout altogether, you can turn, you know, and maybe walk with your baby stroller or maybe, you know, take a trip to the playground and turn that into a workout somehow. Uh, it may not be what you plan, but you can still get some exercise in, or you can set the clock for 10 minutes and do 20 bodyweight squats every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, and also you did 200 bodyweight squats in 10 minutes. That's a pretty good workout. Or throw in some push-ups or some burpees or jumping jacks, wherever it may be. The point is, is that, yeah, because it wasn't perfect, doesn't mean you have to scrap the whole day. This is called adjusting the dial, and it helps you stay consistent when life gets messy and shitty, which albeit it happens to all of us. And again, you can apply this concept not only to your exercise habits, but also to your eating habits and your overall wellness habits, or basically every habit you have in your life. And there's a lot of times here where things have run long, where I have had to, and it sucks, man. I remember when I was young and I had way less responsibility and I didn't have, you know, people working with me. Uh, inform me, and I didn't have uh, as many athletes to work with, and it has me responsibilities, and I didn't make as much money, and all these different things where I could just do a two-hour workout and then take a two-hour nap, and that was super cool. But that shit stopped pretty quick when I started to like actually grow a business and work with people and have other interests. And there's times here, even like in the last two weeks, where I, you know, again we we were closed down for two months. You know, the, the world is f- was fucking weird, and now that we can be open, and it, it's not the same. We have certain protocols we have to follow and it's just it's not it's as fun as it can be right now in this season right but I have to hop on phone calls sometimes where people say hey Jeremy I want to you know come in and check out what you do can I come in like yeah sure you can come in right now where normally uh you know in a perfect world I'd be like I'm going to block off this time to work out but I'm going to take them so maybe I cut my workout from 46 minutes to 32 minutes but we meet two clients and we get them in here and so I'm making the best of the season in the situation with what we have and so 
you have to be willing to adjust the dial sometimes to help you stay consistent. And if that means I can only come in here and do a 20 minute workout, whether that's like swings, squats, and the assault bike, I can crush it and get a great workout in in 20 minutes. And that's me adjusting the dial for my business or personal life stuff or whatever I have to do. And you guys have to be willing to do the same. If I can do it as a fitness pro, you can do it as well. Now, obviously, I have the benefit of having the tools here, but we share so much free stuff on YouTube and Instagram. You can pop on something I did for eight minutes, and you crushing it for eight minutes is a hell of a lot better than you doing nothing at all. And so as you devise your workouts and you work around your life, your consistency is sure to improve, as will the results. In fact, some of the people that have become so good that we've seen here they're able to achieve like this astounding like 90% consistency, albeit like my wife does because she makes it a priority. And again, there's going to be an increased effort, you know, paid off with more weight and more inches lost. The more consistent you can be, the more results you're going to see and the faster you're going to see them. Uh, and to be sure, like this level of consistency is doable for everyone, you know, you have to be realistic with your schedule and your life and what you want to do. And not all of us desire to work this hard you know, to live life with all the trade-offs that it requires, or even care about such a dramatic physique change. And if you guys want more info on that, you can listen to the podcast I did. It's called The Cost of Getting Lean. Uh, it's playing off a peanut article as well. And really, that's going to paint the biggest picture for you guys to understand, like, what it really takes, you know, to be the fittest of the fit. And for most of you, the juice is not worth the squeeze there. But just making some effort, however inconsistent or however imperfect it is, can make you feel better. Uh, about how your body looks and it can help you move better and feel better and live a healthy life. And the consistency creates confidence. And that comes in many forms that don't just show up on the scale for you guys. You know, when you're talking about it, you ask yourself as you begin to work out and as you begin to change and become healthier, you know, ask yourself, am I the person I want to be? You know, am I living a more meaningful, purposeful life because of this? Do I feel good about how my body looks? Am I feeling healthier, you know, physically? Am I thriving? Do I feel confident in my ability to make change in my life? And do I feel confident mastering these new habits? And the more consistent people are, the better they feel in life in general. And in part, this becomes because we feel good about the changes that we see in our bodies. Uh, we have less pain. We have increased functional fitness. We have an ability to do more movements or move more easily or we recover faster. But it also happens because people are acting on their own behalf. And we gain this positivity. We gain this confidence. We gain this resiliency after, you know, we've put in the effort. And even a small boost in confidence can mean things like you walk into the gym for the first time and you feel like you can crush anything. Or you try a new exercise. Or you say hi to an attractive person. Or you dress better. Or you take on a physical challenge like a race or hiking the Grand Canyon or doing something you never would have thought of doing before. You consider maybe a more active vacation like, uh, again, like I mentioned, like hiking or biking or swimming. Or you finally wear a bathing suit. Or take off your shirt at the beach. Or, you know, you take better care of you. And you give a shit less about what people think. And with each action, you create more action. And again, there's no perfection required. You can still become healthy, thriving, and a confident person. And you can live an amazing life by just putting in whatever effort 
you have, whether that be 40%, 60%, 80%, whatever your best really is. It's good enough for the moment or the season that you're in. And obviously, as you begin on your fitness journey and the deeper you get into it, when you see the results, it's as addicting as anything else. It's, you know, you drink one beer, you want two beers and three beers and four beers. It's the same way with fitness. It's like you see a little bit of results and you keep moving the needle forward. And then you assess as you go on what the trade-off is. What am I willing to give up to get this? Is the juice here worth the squeeze that it takes there? It's it's no different. Like from like I like the mold that I'm in. I like being this fit. Uh, I.e., it's profitable for business. I lead from the front. I feel like I have a responsibility because I have this brain and this body and this life. I can help people make a positive lifestyle change. That's why I do it. I feel like I have a responsibility and an obligation at this point. But if I took it into another area of my life, like I could live in a different house that costs probably three times what my house costs today. The juice isn't worth the squeeze for me. I'm not willing to take on that much stress at work. I'm not willing to sell that much or have to work with that many people or really push the sales side of business to pay for a structure that I'm going to sleep in and do the same shit in. Some of you guys don't feel the same way, and that's fine. So your house is probably more expensive or bigger than mine is. But I'm stuck in this body because I want to put my effort into this and not into that. It's the same way in anything in life. I'm not willing to have a car payment. I'm not willing to you know, go buy a vehicle that costs $60,000 because I don't want to put in the work to get the vehicle. It doesn't matter that much to me. The juice of that vehicle isn't worth the squeeze of work I'm going to have to put onto it. The juice of having a 5,000 square foot house in Scottsdale is not worth the squeeze I have to put on it. And for a lot of you, you have to look at your body the same way. Am I willing to put in 90% effort to look and move and feel this way? If the answer is yes, then you'll do it and you'll have the body that matches that effort. But for a lot of you, if you're just trying to be functionally fit and be out of the risk of diabetes and heart disease and all this other metabolic shit, you might only have to put in 50% effort. And you'll also look the part too, and that's great. And so you have to assess with your goals and what season of life you're in and how you move forward. But if you're looking to, you know, understand what it really takes to lose body fat and get healthy and change your body, it's not as drastic as we think. Again, if you're trying to be on the cover of Shape Magazine or Men's Health or win the Ironman or be a professional athlete, yes, that's going to require more. It's going to be a full-time job. But if you just want to not be in pain every day, and just be able to do fun stuff with your kids and feel confident in your clothes and your own skin and you don't have some crazy body dysmorphia going on in your brain, 50, 60, 70, 80% consistency is going to be more than enough for a lot of you guys. And that should be music to your ears. Now, if you're unrealistic with what you want your body to look like and how you want to perform, then obviously you're going to have to put in more effort uh, and dedication and time. But for again, like I said, for a lot of people, I don't think giving up everything just to look a certain way is going to do it. And a lot of times those those results, they don't tend to last because you have to do it, A, because it's going to make you healthier, and two, because you love what you're actually doing. As much as I hate a lot of the stuff in here, in some 
sadistic kind of way, I like it. I like the challenge of it. I like the pain of it. And it's just what I do. And I try and I practice a lot of protocols for other people so I can deliver them to you guys, you know, for free on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all that. But I do it for our clients so I can share with them my workouts and and how I feel. And so I can understand their pain, if you will, uh, when they go through things. So just know there is no perfect person. You don't have to make perfect effort. If you're at a certain stage right now or a certain station with how you look, move, and feel, if you just make 50% changes from here moving forward, that's going to elicit a lot of progress. And you decide what you're willing to give up for what you're willing to get in terms of fitness. And you can apply that to your finances, to the home you live in, to the car you drive, to the education that you receive. Everything in life, in my opinion, is give and take. And it's up to you guys to decide how much you're willing to give and what you're willing to take along the way. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. I'll send this out on the newsletter as well, I believe on Friday. If you guys are not on the Jeremy Scott Fitness newsletter, uh, hit me up with your email. I'm happy to add you guys. And again, just a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at JLab Pro. And again, right now they're giving away to all the Jeremy Scott Fitness listeners and the people who follow our stuff, a free bottle of probiotics, which is like a $40 deal. The link is in my Instagram bio right now. Or if you hit me up and say, Jeremy, I can't find it because I'm not, you know, technology savvy, I will send you the link directly myself and you can get some probiotics to help you guys, you know, feel less bloated and uh, literally just improve your gut health and, and literally introduce positive bacteria into your life to help you just be a healthier person and kind of squash inflammation uh, and, and a lot of the shit that uh, I think plagues a lot of people in America who don't eat a perfect diet, or I guess perfect's not the right word, uh, who eat a less than ideal diet. So anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast, shoot me a message, hit me up. I'm happy to record it if I can. Got a couple people coming on, I believe, later this week. And I'm going to probably get my he- wife Heather back on as well to have her chime in and share some of the things that she's got going on. And uh, maybe her and I can riff back and forth and drop some info on you guys. So if you need something, holler at me. Otherwise, thank you guys. Stay safe. Stay sweaty. And, uh, oh, if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Five-star me and leave a comment. A sentence or two is more than enough. I'd appreciate it. And obviously share this with a friend or family member who you think it can help. And if you're on your MacBook or your iPad, go to the iTunes icon. Click ratings and reviews. Five-star. Drop me a couple lines. I appreciate you guys for that. I thank you for the support. It means the world to me. Uh, Look forward to connecting with more of you guys, obviously, on all the platforms. And those of you who are ever traveling to Scottsdale, Shoot me a message, and if the world is rolling right, we'll get you up in here, hopefully give you a free t-shirt, get you a a workout in, and help you melt your face off while you are visiting. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you, and until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.